Hello and welcome to this full sesh with Sage episode 83. It is your host with you this Monday, Sajel. And in today's episode, I actually have my amazing FYP group, Abner, Esther and Glenn on the podcast to talk about our campaign called Prepare to Care. Just a little spiel, so Prepare to Care is targeted at caregivers who care for youth with mental health struggles. And just a heads up, we do have a virtual panel event coming up on 19th February. Do stay tuned to my Instagram at this post sesh with Sage or at SagelXX for details on that. The registration link will be going out today as well, so definitely send it out to any caregiver you know. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone, welcome to this full sesh with Sage. Today I have my wonderful FYP group with me. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Esther. Hi, I'm Abna. We are totally Hi. prepared to care. I'm Glenn. So maybe let's let's just talk about a little bit about FYP. What is FYP? Which school are we in? And like just the context of what FYP is. Sure. So FYP stands for Final Year Project. So it's our final year project, <laughs> project where we get to choose a topic and it lasts for like like two semesters lah. yeah and, and it, it's quite a big weightage on our grades and it's quite a big part of our, uh, of uni life yeah so um all um we can we student which is our school the school of communication and information um have to do an fyp um, so you can choose between um, and campaign FYP, uh, research FYP, broadcast FYP, documentary FYP, journalism FYP, etc. etc. Yep. So for our group, we chose to do a campaign FYP because most of us are interested in either marketing, um, advertising or public relations. And so the campaign FYP is the most suited for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can talk about a bit about how our group was formed because I think it was quite a quite a long time ago because okay what I remember is me Glenn and Abner took the same class in year two. Oh my god yes Dude. shout out to Savan oh Savan if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> you're you stealing my chair <laughs> oh my god yeah wait you always steal Abner's chair in class I don't know why but yeah so we did this um group camp advertising class together me Abner and Glenn and at the time like I mean, we just met pretty much, right? Because of FOP. So mm. we just met and then like we took the class together. We started a group together. And I, okay. Also, do you remember I wasn't supposed to be in a group? I was like, um, please adopt me. <laughs> do you all remember? For, for FYP or for copywriting or for both? For copywriting. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're supposed to group, group with someone else. I can't remember. And I was like, yeah. um, hello, you know. But anyway, so it all worked out. And we ended up doing this campaign for... Craft mac and cheese. And that was iconic, honestly. If I can f- actually you know what, I should find the videos from our craft like social media ad. They're so funny because I used my cousins to star in oh, our yeah. video and it was mm. honestly it was amazing. So yeah, so like we can and then we just like worked well together. And in our group, it just so happened that only three of us wanted to do campaign. So we were like, okay, we need a fourth person. And then we didn't know a fourth person. And then someone said, like, oh, um, who was it? I think Zine or someone, right? Zine. She texted yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah, I think Zine, Zine texted me like, oh, yeah. um, you know, my friend Esther, I was like, all right, I've never met her, but all right. And then yeah, it same. just so happened Esther that we took who? the same class. Yeah, <laughs> Esther who literally. Okay, so you want to you explain the term phantom, Esther? We can we I'm phantom. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I you, you're going to call out like that, Sejo. I wouldn't call myself the most um sociable person. So I guess like I'm not the most involved in like school. <laughs> 
Yeah, plus she doesn't have social media. So you totally, if you don't see her in school, you don't see her anywhere. No, yes. truly. Like, yeah. it was so, I was genuinely like, who is Esther? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> None of us knew. I remember I sent, we had a group already, like FYP yeah. or something. And then I sent to the group like, oh, um, there's a girl called Esther. Like, do you, any of you know? No. Yeah. <laughs> when did you know Esther before? Um, I don't like know her, lah, but I know she exists. Mm. Thank okay, you. At least, at least wow. you have that. At, at least your existence is noticed. <laughs> yeah, it's I like, mean, okay, that's this person. To be fair, I had to work in like groups as well and making me. So I have worked with some people. I think I worked with John on a project. Yeah. And right. Yeah. Afterwards, Sejo and I worked on promoting sustainability. Exactly. <laughs> so it kind of was um, a coincidence. So we already decided yeah. that we're going to be in our FYP group together. And mm. then we were going to go and promoting sustainability. And I think Kareen had reached out to me like, hey, can we be in the same group? And I was like, oh my God, I know someone who is, yeah. well, I know, quote unquote, no, <laughs> <laughs> who's also in the class of this group with her. And then from there, yeah. we became friends. And then obviously we had our wonderful um, psychology and communications. And I think that oh, no, just, horrible. <laughs> that just solidified everything. And yep, <laughs> now here we yeah. are. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I know Glenn but... for many years. Some would say too many years. Oh, they're BFFs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Too many. Okay, how too long much. have y'all known each other? Maybe after this, we don't want to talk anymore. Maybe six, 2015. Seven. 2015, 2015, I mean. Oh, Wait, is it, when did we enter poly? Okay, but I don't really know you in year one of poly. I didn't know you in year two. Year two, 2015. So there's seven. Now, six. Wow. Like. Before we get into everything, I, I thought I would ask a random question. What were our first impressions of everyone? Hmm. Okay, Esther, you go first. Okay, I mean, to be fair, I feel like my first impressions are because, like I said, I didn't really meet anyone. <laughs> if I saw before that, I I had already heard about each person. Oh, really. what do you hear? What Ooh, do you yeah, hear? what did you hear? <laughs> that was the tea. Okay, not from Bean actually. I guess spill the tea. I think okay. I heard Glenn. Glenn. I think um, Glenn, you're a nice guy. We are eccentric, yeah. eccentric man. That's what that's what I <laughs> heard a few people a few people describe you as an eccentric right. guy. And now what do you think? <laughs> I, I mean after that previous hairstyle, I kind of I kind of agree. <laughs> that that was that was something. I think Edna, uh the first time I met you was when I was with Sejo after we were we were gonna go for like a a meeting. Some promoting sustainability meeting, and then the Emma just appeared with like this big ball. What? Like, this big inflatable <laughs> ball. Wait, what? For team week, for team week. Yeah. Remember my wrecking ball, and I wanted to throw the the I wanted to throw the yoga ball at somebody. Oh yes, for my video. I didn't really and, think of anything. I was just like. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so I so 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 Sage and Karine volunteered to let me throw my wrecking ball at them for my Stop, MV. stop, stop talking right now. This sounds very, <laughs> very wrong. It's a yoga ball. Okay. Yeah, it's no not one thought it was anything. <laughs> Sage, Sage is going somewhere. Sage. Okay, Come my back. mind's always in the gutter. But Come anyway. Back. Yeah, so Abna is the king of Team Week. So that was my first impression of Abna. Yeah, that was exactly my first impression. I was like, this guy is You committed. have to, you have to go to... That's the what? The sky this is This guy's committed. Very committed. Oh, this guy's <laughs> <laughs> You have to watch, I think my favourite one um, ever would be your Rihanna one. Rihanna. He dyed his hair red for it. No, oh, I did not. It was already red and I just thought like, why not? Like, like, like fine. I dyed Wait, my hair red for fun and then like, on the way to school, like, um, like my mom was fetching me to school and then like a car a car knocked us 
okay, like from oh. the bank. Sorry, and what? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so like we were we had to wait for like the insurance and everything, right? So I was just in the middle of the highway ideating for my team week. And that's when creativity struck. And this is why we grouped with him. <laughs> exactly. Blend uh, quick impressions of three of us. Um Okay, Emna is in Bali. I remember one word lah, himbo. I don't know if that is such a thing. <laughs> it's this one word that encapsulates everything. Trying hard not to be offended. No, as in it's like very um sassy, you know, literally. <laughs> Try yeah. not to say. Um, still trying not to be offended. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling Esther you, it's a compliment. Is, um, Esther is um. I'm year one FOP because my memory very good one. So like, I remember yeah. people. Then I just remember the, the girl with um super luscious hair. I don't know how to describe it. Oh, <laughs> oh, like the hair will go up. Calling. Like curly, curly one, right? Is it? Yeah. My hair used to be perms. So I chopped it all off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I remember the hair. The hair was like, I remember like all my friends were like, wow, that girl's hair damn nice or something like that. All the girls, <laughs> like, they were saying, hair goes. Sejo is um best speaker in NTU. Every week in week, week in week. I remember speech, speech. I was like, I heard of this person. Oh, I think you were so in my lecture. Then every time you speak, I'm like, wow, this girl already spoiled my kid. <laughs> That's actually the best compliment anyone can give me. Thank yeah, you. Okay. I appreciate that. Make the bell curve okay. worse. Uh, okay. Well, the bell curve loved me too for speech. That is true. Shobi loved me too. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, anyway, that's such a throwback. And we've had some great memories in Wikimedia, but finally we're my here. first impression of you? Okay, fine. What's, my, what's your first impression? What do you, what do you want to say? The, uh, I, actually, I don't know. When, when it was my first time meeting Sejo? Oh, yeah, FOP, you? FOP. You and John. I uh-huh. was like, oh my gosh, this girl is so like organized and has a shit together. Like, okay, so I, I do not know if you do, but you seem like you I do. do. Yeah, okay. I know you do, man. <laughs> but yeah. I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like now that I know you, um, that has faded a bit. <laughs> Excuse me. But, I would like you... to say I'm organized. Yeah, but, but you are very organized. And I'm very, like, oh, okay. Yes. I need, so like if for copywriting, I'm like, oh, great. We, we need an organized person because like me and Glenn are anything but organized. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then um, for Glenn is, um, so year two, we ran for the same committee. I think that's how we, we know each other. So we weren't mm. in the same class, but we were in the same committee. And, uh, oh, I remember. Because he, like, like, he was quite handsome. And what? <laughs> yeah, what? He, he, he was he was and uh he could sing like he could sing so good but mm. it was so funny because he didn't know he could sing and I was so lost I'm like how can you not know you didn't confirm good? didn't confirm like 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 so he was sharing that that like oh maybe because he, he came from an all-boys school so no one complimented on his singing before I was just Aww. like oh my gosh this guy has talent and has looks but how, why is he um why does he not have the confidence like girl get yourself some confidence <laughs> But, 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 now, confidence. but now, yeah, now he has the confidence. So, so like you know, okay. For Esther, I'm like, to be honest, the, I was so stressed with the wrecking ball envy that I did not notice you. I was just like, I was just looking out for people I know so I can ask them to be my envy to get hit by the yoga ball. Um, wow. Yes, but when I first saw you, I'm like, oh, so this is the the girl that no one knows about. Wow, she seems really quiet. Like, was like, it Orchard? Because the, our first meeting, you were so quiet. Like, yeah. like, like you didn't say assembly much. Ground. Yeah. No, was it assembly ground? That was our first meeting. I think before. Dinner, I dinner. think it was assembly oh, is it? ground. Yeah. Okay, the first physical the meeting. Was that was our the first was physical FYP meeting. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, we, but we, like, went, we just went for a dinner just to like get to know each other. Yeah. yeah. 
oh but, but Esther was really quiet. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't scare her with my like oh, shy. craziness. Oh, but 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 now she's not quiet anymore. So <laughs> okay, mine very quick. Esther, I thought you were like literally stunning. I saw her. I was like, oh, she has. She looks so. You know, she had like her hair all done and like the glasses, like, and then like things she going like, slow motion. At, yeah. at, the, at the cafe, is it? No, no, no. This was in oh. class. And I was like, oh my oh. god. Like, the hell? She looks so good in class. Like, so effortless, effortlessly chic, you know? With the bag and the bun and the, like, the messy girl. Like, you know? It was so funny. <laughs> like, at the oh cafe, I was texting her. Like, because she said she was there already. I was texting oh, her yeah. like, where are you? But I was standing behind her. I just didn't know that that was Esther. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> then, Glenn. I thought you had a really nice voice. Because when I think I must have first heard you at one of like the Wikimi events singing. Probably yeah, perform every every time. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh my god, this boy can sing. And Abner. Abner. <laughs> Why what is with that sigh? <laughs> I'm telling you, I think Rihanna was really my first impression of you. <laughs> and I was like, this dude is something else. And I love it. <laughs> he likes Rihanna, and that's all I need. <laughs> but yeah, and lo and behold. Our group formed after that very long story, but it finally did. And then things kind of kicked off in, I want to say, July of last year, which is quite crazy. It's almost been like six months. So, okay, maybe we, one of us can kind of take us, take the listeners through like what our topic is about. So, I mean, FYP campaigns, especially in Wikimedia, always have to be meaningful um, and usually for a social cause. So I think we, we, we personally didn't really... Um, we didn't we didn't really fancy like um environmental campaigns or um what's the other one other than environmental health. campaigns? Health. Health, health. Yeah. So we we I think we all agreed, like we all wanted to do something for social, like for social change. And then um right now we are doing um a campaign that we are we are aiming to support uh, caregivers of children and teens who are struggling with uh, mental health conditions. Um yeah, I mean, maybe even if it's new, like new caregivers or, or caregivers who have been caring for a long time, we just want to support them and in two um, simple ways. The first one is to um, like give them encouragement right, um, in their journey to support them and their mental wellness, their mental health. Second one is to support them through guiding them on how they can better care for um, those, like their loved ones. Right, mm-hmm. so it's essentially two people caring for them and caring for um, their loved ones. How can they better do that? So our campaign is here to educate, to encourage. Um, yeah, that th- that would be, I guess, the summary of the campaign. So why was this topic so relevant or important to cover? To be very honest, this wasn't a topic that, this wasn't like the first topic that came to our minds. It, at first, we we wanted to um, go with another topic, but. One night, I still remember, uh, we had a conversation with our supervisor and during the conversation, we realized that this was actually a topic that it wasn't really like, there wasn't really much attention on this topic. And actually some of us do have our own like personal stories about like why like this campaign would really mean a lot to us. And so after we managed to um, speak to some caregivers and do some like initial um, research, we realized that this was really an area that caregivers needed more support in, especially in Singapore, like most of the attention for caregiver campaigns are mostly for caregivers with um who take care of patients with Alzheimer's or dementia. But for caregivers of children and teenagers who are like um suffering with mental health conditions, it's really an area that's underlooked. So that we thought that this is an area that we really wanted to, I guess, help and support these caregivers. Yeah. So and like just to add on also, I think 
um, when we first thought of like mental health, you know, to like do a campaign on mental health, because we could really choose anything. We we're like, okay, there's been so much coverage on mental health itself, which is great. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's a really impressive thing that like now there's a lot of campaigns. There's a lot of like media coverage on mental health itself. And especially like mental health amongst youth. Like you just search in, in Google and like literally 10 news articles will come out. And that's just in the last like couple of months. So that that's amazing. But that being said, there was one group like Glenn mentioned that there was being overshadowed, which was the caregivers, you know, the caregivers who are actually what we say, our unsung heroes, you know, of the mental health scene who are working literally 24 seven to make sure that their loved one. So when we say loved one, by the way, it means that they're um, the, the youth that is going through the mental health struggle and then the caregivers, the caregiver who's taking care of the youth. So that's like the two terms that we use. So yeah, the, the loved ones had all the coverage and all the support, but caregivers were really like in the shadows and no one was really paying attention to them. And like, as I said, even if they were, it was mostly for like elderly and disabilities. So yeah, that night, I remember when we were kind of just all sharing our stories, suddenly it just kind of came together. And it took us a long time to get there because we were really going through a lot of different topics. And yeah, like it, I, I just remember it really resonating with all of us. Like even if we didn't have a personal attachment to it, we almost just wanted to do it to make, make something good happen, right? Yeah. Anna, do you have anything to add on? or? Yeah, I mean, what, what you ended up with is really true. Are you going to spend one year um, on something, um, so much work, so much tears on, on something? We really wanted something that could make a positive change to the environment. And so um, I think this is really that, that, that topic that really hit us. Essentially, the one big problem is who cares for our caregivers, you know? They, they are the one giving, they are the one caring, they are the one that just keeps uh, giving and giving and giving. But, but then, but why is there so little people, so little support, so little resources for these people who, who are so vital in society? Yeah, especially like with the news coverage and all. I think when, so we started off this whole, see, to see whether this topic was even feasible, we had to do like a prelim, prelim, preliminary research. So like as I mentioned, we talked to a few caregivers that we did know. Um, we started doing like secondary research. And from there, we realized that a lot of, or rather on the contrary, there was a lack of research done on the caregivers for mental health specifically. Like I remember we were like, okay, let's find statistics. Literally, I think I scoured the entire internet and I feel like someone's going to come back with, to, uh, to this podcast saying like, um, I found a statistic, but genuinely, I really could not find any stats on like specifically caregivers of mental health. You can in find Singapore. statistics of caregivers in Singapore. You can find caregivers of elderly in Singapore, but you cannot find statistics or research on caregivers of mental health. It wasn't a study, study done by researchers. It was done by SMU. So oh, yes, it. yes, yes. You're right. Mm. You're right. SNU did yeah. do a study, which but was it, probably... it wasn't like a peer-reviewed um, study that was done yes. by like researchers. Yeah. Correct. And so, okay, yeah, my bad. There was a study done. And also, it's not to say that there was no coverage. There were some profiles by like different news outlets who did um, who did do stories on like caregiver profiles, which is great, but not enough. So I think that's where we found the gap. And once we talked to a few to the initial stages, we pitched our campaign. Um, and now we are partnering with IMH, which is amazing. And yeah, and I think, why, why was it so important to get IMH on board with this campaign? Um, okay, I can answer. Um, because IMH is really the leading um, institute, you know, for mental health, right? Legitly, I mean, they're IMH. But like, there's really, um, I think they, they have the most resources and they have the most... Um, research as well you know they are very um, science driven um and and i think they were they have been such a uh 
a pleasure to work with. I think we can all agree, you know, like yeah, we hear so many horror stories of clients that don't support or like that halfway, you know, they 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 backed out and stuff. But like IMH has really been so supportive all the way and 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 like shout out to Fiona. <laughs> yeah, like she's really super nice. Like she will, um she even created a WhatsApp group because like she feels that email sometimes takes too long. And and she she really supports us with whatever she can and, and even advice. And so I'm very, very happy that, that IMH is so on board with this. Um, because, I mean, they can work with anyone, you know, they are literally IMH, but they, they chose to work with four students which um, don't have much experience, uh, even in the, this area of mental health and, and, mm-hmm. and take us on and take this challenge of a topic that is not that easy as well, you know, letting us yeah. use their social media to advocate for this cause, yeah. Yeah, and another partner that we worked are working with actually is Caregivers Alliance. Mm. So, you know how we mentioned like Singapore has a lack of resources. Well, the one resource that is really, really doing amazing mm. is Caregivers Alliance Limited. They are an organization in Singapore that mm. really focuses on the mental well-being and training caregivers. So they have a lot of courses. They have support groups for like how to become a better caregiver and like actual training courses. And then these caregivers can then go on to become trainers themselves. Mm. So it's a proper like resource-driven organization. And um, obviously uh, people there are lovely as well. And uh, when we pitched them our our project, I remember them also like agreeing that, you know, caregivers specifically for the mental health scene are not uh, talked about enough. So they were also very happy to come on board. So yeah, that's how the whole thing came about. And now our campaign name is Prepare to Care which we'll talk more about, like our objective. And we are partnering with IMH and are supported by Caregivers Alliance Limited, which is pretty cool, I think. I mean, we've been doing, it's a three-month campaign. So we started officially in December. And yeah, so maybe... The execution, um, but the work that goes into Oh, the work. The work before. started in July. <laughs> <laughs> and the execution, yeah, started in December. Maybe like one or two of you guys can take us through like some of our research, especially like our primary research. Uh, what did we do? Who did we interview? And what did we find? Okay, I think for primary research, apart from um, looking online for like articles, we also actually interviewed experts and um, other caregivers. And also, um, if I'm not wrong, we also interviewed some youths. But it, they weren't like formal interviews, for example, like we didn't, um, they were more like just interviews with people that we know who are, who do suffer from mental health conditions. Like, I think um, they were actually, for example, from, um, like basically they were just like from our like own like, like communities. So, um, so I guess how we really solidified this idea of embarking on this campaign was um, after these interviews, we really learned from each um, of these groups that this was an area that um, was really underlooked and especially from the perspective of um, caregivers they felt like a lot of them weren't even aware that there were like support groups or maybe even for Cal like they weren't even um, they weren't even aware that Cal was running like all the like C2C uh, programs and all these like support groups and they felt that um, I guess more work could be done in Singapore to just support these caregivers so we, we felt like this was an area that we really wanted to target. What are some other insights you guys remember from the interviews, like the key insights we picked up on? I mean, just now, Esther was mentioning the, the, some of the teenagers we spoke to. Um, and this one comes from the, um, our preliminary research, right? Not the official like interviews, but it was like some chats that I had with some um, teenagers um, in secondary school. And um, there, there was, I think, one thing in common. Um, a lot of them still like talk to their parents a lot and on top of that it's like their parents are actually um, especially important 
um, like like the, the parents are, are there for them to to share their problems you know they, they share almost everything with their parents of course some don't some keep it to themselves but um, at least those that I spoke to um, yeah they, they really felt like um, they, they treasured their parents um, support so um, I mean that there's something that we gain essentially is that um, parents are very important in this journey um, especially for the yeah for the loved ones who are struggling with mental conditions right um, the caregivers are there um, most of the time in, in most aspects of their life so um, I mean that they emphasize their importance um, when, when we spoke to the teenagers uh, yeah yeah Abner, do you think, remember any insights yeah so after the preliminary research right then we present it to IMH and we say like hey this is the direction that we feel is needed and we want to go with um, then we commence our actual research and this actual research is like very proper we interview them for about 45 minutes um, we, we transcribe everything we, we collate the findings and and we interviewed like psychiatrists we interviewed caregivers we interviewed um, um, people who work at IMH and CAL and, and really I think we came up with um, about six findings that were very prominent um, and one is that there's just so much information out there and, and as a caregiver they feel so overwhelmed because they do not know um, um, which could be trusted, which can't be trusted. They, they do not know which is relevant to them. And, and there's a lot of what, but not so much about how. So that's one of the, the feedback. Um, another thing that we find out is um, um, the journey of caregiving actually involves a lot, a lot of people. Um, it doesn't just involve the loved ones and the caregivers. Um, there is the, the, the doctors that, that, that help out. You know, there is... Um, other secondary caregivers sometimes as well. There are even family and friends of the caregivers and of the loved ones and, and how they support the family um, affects a lot as well. Then there are um, how caregivers' mental health are, so, uh, are very affected by caregiving as well. And I remember when I interviewed some of the caregivers, I had to really try my best to be professional and, and, and hold back like uh, my tears because some of their stories are, are so um, difficult. You know, and they have they are going through so much struggles, uh, and they 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 are coping with so much as well. Some of them are, are um, um, are not um. They may be caregivers of someone with a mental health disorder, uh, but they themselves, you know, their mental health are suffering as well because of this whole all this stress and all this burnout, and and so. Um, we realize that you know caring for the caregivers is very very important because um, you know if they burn out if 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 they they end up you know um uh, tired then who is going to take that, that job that, that that important job of caring for their loved ones you know and so for it to be sustainable they really need to be prepared um, in this journey and that's really where we got our big idea um, and a lot of them also do not have a lot of desire to care for themselves. So we know that caring for themselves is very, very important. But um, the caregivers do not think it's important or they do not even have time to consider it. So to them, caring for themselves is a luxury that they do not have. Um, it's something that they don't have time for. Um, if they have free time, they will use it on their loved ones. If they don't have free time, they will still use whatever time for their loved ones. So no, no second is spent on, on caring for themselves, um, which is not sustainable in the long run as well. So those were some of our findings, yeah. I think I, I, I really like what you mentioned about sustainability because I think that was also something that was quite big where we realized that like these caregivers, you know, obviously they love their loved one 
mm-hmm. least the people that we interviewed and what we are really targeting is those who already do care and you know they really want to help because we are very much aware that not oral caregivers are well they are not not all not all caregivers have the best intentions and we completely understand that not all caregivers know that their loved one is even diagnosed so i think even stepping into this realm we knew that there was a like a vast number of groups of people that we could target but we decided to specifically target those who want to help but don't know how so mm. like that was also something that was very you know how like i mentioned there was just an overwhelming amount of information and not catered to them additionally not catered to them so a uh, one big word that we kept hearing in our interviews was helpless i feel helpless i don't know what to do and i don't know how to help i want to help but i just cannot help so yeah like i've mentioned like we just realized that because they're not equipped with the information the skills the knowledge to be a caregiver for someone with mental health issues of course they're going to burn out you know of course they're going this this journey of theirs is going to be way way tougher than it already is because they don't know what to do they're just they're literally um one of i think remember one of the caregivers i can't remember exactly what they said but basically it's like you just you're just fighting blind you know you're you're just trying to take the punches and and you just don't know what's the next swing you don't know what's going to happen next and sure it gets better over time and you get more um educated but wouldn't you want to be more prepared if something like this happens and the only way to do that is if there was more information about it out there and that's why we have prepared to care um which is essentially we want to we want to prep these caregivers for their tough journey ahead so i guess we're targeting the caregivers who like just found out that their loved one is diagnosed you know they're new caregivers and like they don't know what to do or they are already experienced caregivers and they've still be they just feel like nothing is working and they need a fresh start they need to like start again and like the process of preparing them again so yeah that is our campaign and like you know what are some of the insights that we got so maybe now we can talk about our campaign itself and like what we intend to do or what we have been doing let's talk about what we have been doing so far with the campaign yeah so we've been working on quite a lot of things but firstly um I'll talk about the things that are already out there um so we are using um IMH's facebook page and we we've been posting like um for the month of january we posted quite a lot of posts already and, and these posts um consist of like encouragement posts and um what these encouragement posts um include is actually quotes from um caregivers themselves these are things we heard from interviews and so i think the important part is that um, the, the great part about this this encouragement is that it comes from caregivers themselves um you know so so again caregivers will be these to know that firstly there's a community um of caregivers like themselves they're not alone in this journey and secondly these are things that caregivers have said you know maybe um some small victories um things that co- push themselves so it's very good for i think just keep keeping um um caregivers going through encouraging them or whatsoever and we've also had um stories of caregivers so we we share like stories through videos um inspiring story of um you know for caregiver um Cheryl she 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 has such an inspiring story to share and so of course we shared it with um a lot of people and i think i think the response has been quite good we we are quite happy that it's impacted um quite a lot of uh, people what was your favorite yeah. part from Cheryl's interview Cheryl's one of our caregivers but well not our what means Cheryl's one of the caregivers that we interviewed and she's an amazing story like Glenn said and so other than um social media what are some other things that okay I guess social media is the one thing that's really been like executed and has been doing really well as well um other than that what are some of the other things in the works maybe Esther can take us through the one stop platform 
I think just now, as mentioned, um, a lot of caregivers have feedback that there's like a lot of information out there. There's is really information like overload. So when they, for example, when we at one point we also wanted to, I guess, get into like, like just experience how caregivers would feel if they like went on Google and searched up anything regarding their child's condition. And when we did the Google searches ourselves, we realized that yeah, there really was a lot of information and. I can't imagine like as caregivers who are already overwhelmed with whatever like their like loved one is going through. I can't imagine how it must feel to just I guess filter through that that information online. And I think during one of our um interviews with one of our caregivers as well, she also mentioned that um back then when she was researching about her child's condition, she actually took it upon her to go to the library and read through like all these like medical like books about like her child's condition and even though like um we may not be able to provide caregivers with really really like how to say like we we won't be able to provide them with everything but what we did so far we also we compiled what we felt like was the most important information that caregivers needed to know and this was also based on our um interviews with the caregivers and when we asked them what they wish they they had known or had I guess access to when they first when that loved one was first diagnosed with the mental health condition. So based on all this, we decided to like write some articles um based on like the primary concerns on care of caregivers and we also included like articles such as like psychological preparation, therapy etiquette and um how you can actually um get financial help or like free therapy as a caregiver and like just how to provide your loved one with um a really like holistic and just like provide them with the best care that you can and just getting the help of like professional help as well and how you can I guess not not say better yourself as a caregiver but how you can really be prepared to care for your child in this journey because what we learned from um Cal as well was that caregiving um the journey to recovery for your loved one isn't linear and like sometimes your child may I guess um, may suffer relapses so during like like these difficult times how can you prepare for that how can you um yeah how can you prepare for that how can you like care for your child throughout this like whole journey so for this one-stop platform that we'll be launching in february we'll just be um all these articles will hopefully address these concerns that the caregivers have yeah so that's what we are working on right now with imh we are working with the clinicians and i'm um, just i guess we just want to make sure that these articles are firstly like relevant and that they are like factually like correct as well yeah. And just adding on to that, I realized something that we didn't touch on too much. Um, I think Len mm. mentioned it somewhat in the beginning was that, yes, we are we are targeting caregivers as our primary audience and in marketing terms, meaning that's our main target audience. But our secondary, secondary and almost like a bonus target audience throughout our campaign is actually the youth themselves. And I realized like, you know, when you're talking about like a therapy etiquette and things, we also mm. have like communication on how the youth can do better as well for their caregivers because I think what we realized as well is that there was one insight I realized we didn't share is that it takes a whole village it's it's a it's a community effort for a caregiver and their caregiving journey as much as it is for the youth as well so I think that there's a lot of the times you know there's a lot of miscommunication between the youth and the caregiver and they're always like butting heads and it's justifiable it is like we like you know there are so many different stories out there but one thing I think that we as youth forget is that they're not superheroes. They're human as well. And sometimes it's hard to remember that because it's like when we are going through the mental health issues, you know, I get it. Like we don't want to be thinking about anyone else. And 
you know, it's it it's selfish, but it's important because we know that we're going through shit and we're going through a very, very tough time and it's hard to empathize with other people. But I think just having that like constant reminder as youth when we, you know, communicate with our caregivers that like, you know, they're human too. And uh mental health struggles are struggles are very well um prevalent amongst the caregivers too, which I think some a lot of people seem to brush past that. Like they, as long as, as long as they're taking care of the, care of the mental health people, uh, people like people struggling with mental health issues, they don't have mental health issues. But the thing is they do, a lot of them do, especially through our interviews, we found that out. So, and we're hoping that, you know, through this, we call it the one-stop platform, which is essentially a microsite that we're hoping to, uh, we are going to be putting on IMH's website in February, hopefully, fingers crossed it gets launched. Um, we want to also like appeal to the youth of how they can better communicate with their caregivers to well, essentially make the whole journey better for both of them because it takes two hands to clap, you know? As much as the caregiver needs to improve 100%, so does... Oh my God, the light just went off, sorry. So does the youth. And uh, we're really hoping that we can appeal to the youth as well to improve the relationship and um, improve the communication between them. Okay, that's like two things that's happening. We have all the social media, which you should definitely check out. We have more videos coming. Um, Upcoming, we actually have mental health CEO, Ron, who I actually had on this podcast. So um, again, like he'll be giving the perspective of someone that has struggled as a youth with mental health issues and how he wished or like how he hopes like caregivers can better the communication with their, with the loved ones. Like, so it's going to be really interesting. And then after that, we'll have one more caregiver. So definitely stay tuned. The one with Cheryl did really well. So we're hoping that it will continue to do well. So that's, and then we have the microsite. And now soon we have this virtual parent parent this virtual panel event that is called caregiving with confidence and this will be held on 19th february 2022 saturday 10 a.m um if you know any caregivers of mental health or just caregivers in general that or even the youth like if you feel like they could benefit from this and hear from a caregiver's perspective of how you know uh, what they go through and what are the some of the silent suffering that they go through definitely join this event um the link will be out it's free. It's free. And also the first 100 attendees get a goodie bag of like many, many sponsors, amazing sponsors. We have XVXII, Joy Brand. We have Table Dama 23, Amazing Food, Bifesta, Moist Diane, Kilio Art. Um, Kilio Art is this amazing art studio that I've personally been to. And like, it's so much fun. You know, it's an experience that you can go with your caregiver or vice versa, your loved one. So yeah, first 100 attendees get that goodie bag. So it might be going up fast. So when the link goes out, I will definitely put it on the Instagram link in bio where you can just sign up or send it to, you know, whoever. So basically, um, if you don't know, actually, I probably a lot of people wouldn't know that it's a National Caregiver Day in 18, on 18th Feb. So in conjunction with that, Prepare to Care, which is our campaign, is hosting this virtual panel event. Just a note, actually, Singapore doesn't celebrate National Caregiver Day, which is a little sad so at first we wanted to do this whole thing and like make our own national caregiver day but we decided it's more practical to like hop on the existing bandwagon from the states and kind of bring it here with our event so we have five panelists um the first one is mr tim lee who is the ceo of caregiver alliance limited the organization mentioned before who does amazing work for caregivers kevin wee he is the founder of rebound with resilience uh, do stay tuned because he will be also hosting our campaign on his podcast we have prashant pundrik who is a 
literal he is such a businessman he's a director of so many businesses and he's also a volunteer trainer and a caregiver himself we have cheryl who we talk so greatly about who's a caregiver herself a businesswoman and just an amazing mom and friend to many and then finally we have dr ong seha which is the chief of department of development psychiatry at imh so essentially these panelists will be giving a range of perspectives um Maybe we can give a little like sneak peek of some of the topics that might be covered. Okay, some of the topics that um you that will be covered, we just want like as mentioned earlier, um I think an important part of the caregiving journey is psychological preparation. Like how can caregivers better e- like regulate their emotions during this emotionally like intense situation? So I think one key topic that will be covered will be um how caregivers can self regulate their emotions to better cope with any challenges that come their way. Secondly, um. Caregiver burnout is also a very big issue, and not just in Singapore actually, but globally. A lot of caregivers do feel like they're very overwhelmed with emotions, by like maybe financial burdens as well, and also, I guess, generally juggling between their other responsibilities. Because apart from being a caregiver, they are also like a friend. They also like they also um they work at their full time jobs, and they also they also like a daughter, a mother, a sister, or like father, brother, like. And basically, they they do have many other responsibilities in life, and because of this, they some of them do suffer from caregiver burnout. So we want to ensure that caregivers can recognize the signs of caregiver burnout, and are there like practical steps that they can take to prevent it from happening? And if they really do suffer from caregiver burnout, how can they overcome it? How can they um better like reduce the pressure that that is really put on them? And we also want to help caregivers find the silver linings in their situation because sometimes, like especially when they're going through um emotionally like intense um challenges, it will be very hard to find like the silver lining in their situation. So we want to like, I guess, reassure them that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that is really important, like with the silver lining. And I think what is also amazing that we get to hear during this panel event are real life stories from caregivers themselves, right? As Esther mentioned. And, These are not like branded stories, you know. These are not like stories made for marketing purposes. These are real life, and these are just two amazing caregivers who decided to share their story, and we are so everly like so grateful for that. But they're just two out of so many different real life stories, and like we're really, really hoping that when the caregivers tune into this event, they'll realize that one, they're not alone, because I think. What we're hoping as well is when they tune into the event, they look to the side, well, virtually because it's going to be on Zoom, <laughs> and they realize that oh my god, there are these many caregivers going through the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. So like, I think they'll be able to kind of like realize and comes into sort of some sort of like community and camaraderie that, you know, they're going through this together. And I think that's also another insight that we found was like it's very hard for them to talk about it. Um, as much as it, but not for everyone. I think there's like a half this group of caregivers that are so open and so willing to share, which is amazing. But then. There's also the other half of caregivers who can't share, even if they want to. One because that is also sharing the story of their loved one, which you know they might want to keep private. So a lot of them are suffering in silence, and they think you know that no one else will understand how I'm going, what I feel, or even if there is someone who understands, I don't know who that person is because everything is so hush hush. So I think you know from this event, like 
we're hoping that they realize that they're not alone. And also they get to ask their burning questions, um, any questions at all to the panelists and the experts that we have, like Dr. Ong and Mr. Tim, who like Mr. Tim has been running Caregivers Alliance, Dr. Ong, who has so much clinical experience in psychiatry. So I think, you know, some, you know, sometimes like what they said, like they're just so overwhelmed by information. They just want to ask someone face to face. And we really hope that this panel will give them the opportunity to be like, tell me what to do. Like, tell me A to Z, like, what do I do about this? What do I do about this? And, you know, a lot of the other caregivers can benefit as well. Or the youth who tune in or someone who just wants to know more about the caregiving community. We're completely welcome to everyone and anyone who would like to attend. One great thing about this, this panel event is the different perspective and they're all right. Um, they're all there um, um, available, you know, for, for the, the audience to ask questions. I mean, how often do you have a caregiver uh, someone who has been receiving care when he was um, younger, um, someone who is in charge of this volunteer organization called Caregiver Alliance Limited, uh, um, Dr. Ong, who, who is a chief and senior consultant, you know, um, all in one place. And I think this really gives you a holistic view of caregiving, a holistic view of how to really caregive with confidence. And I think um, that's why this we are really looking forward to this event because there's so much that it can really offer. There's there's so much um and 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 we know that that not all the information that caregivers need are out there. And so if they, they have anything that they really want to know, you know, this is the best time to ask because it's so convenient. Just unmute your mic, you know, and, and literally just ask. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we just want to provide them with the ease, the comfort, and the convenience of asking all their burning questions, learning about different things as well. So maybe to wrap up, maybe we could all kind of say our personal takeaway so far and also what do we personally want to achieve with this campaign? Yeah, so I don't... I... I wouldn't say this directly linked to like um how to say the campaign collaterals we do, but um my takeaway would be um that um how to say you know, I'm I'm very thankful that we have the opportunity to do this because um you know from the interviews with the caregivers, same like Abner, like some of them when I was talking to them, you know, it's like you just wanna like cry also because um you hear their stories and um it's like quite compelling and, and you see, you know, you kind of um, empathize with them. So so I think I'm very thankful because um, most of the caregivers that I spoke to, you know, when we contact them, they're, they're just always so thankful that um, there's this campaign that, that we are filling this gap. So, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that we are able to do this for them and um, that, that our work will actually um, help a certain group of people. Yeah. Abner, what about you? For me, um, okay, so so I'm um this might be a one year one year project, right? But it's a three month campaign, and I understand that there's there's so much limitations to a three month campaign, you know, and, and and to be very honest, you know, we are just four communication students. We are not experts on mental health. We are not, um, we don't have a degree or masters in psychology or anything like that. Um, but for me, um, my goal for this this campaign is really if I if we can make um their um, amazing, amazing, amazing lives. If we can make their jobs um, just a little bit easier, uh, I would be very satisfied with this campaign. I would say that the goal has been achieved because um, hearing their stories, which otherwise, if it was not for this project, I would not have heard. Um, their 
such amazing people, you know, they, 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 some of them have full-time jobs, some of them are juggling so much stuff, some of them are, are even volunteering on top of the amount of works, work that they already have, um, but yet, you know, um, um, and they're, they're, they're so strong people, um, and it's really not an easy journey for them, and I hope that, that um, we can make, um, we can improve their lives just a little bit by um, the skills that we learn from school to help organize the information um, from the experts that we talk to at IMH, from, from the internet, um, just so that, you know, they can have more time for the things that truly matter and not just searching Google, reading books um, and, and trying to find these important basic things. Yeah. Esther, what about you? I think for me, my biggest takeaway was actually after I talked to some of the caregivers, because um, for me, because my, my own mom is a caregiver to my sister who has um, suffered from a mental health condition for most of her life. And when I talked to some of the caregivers, they also mentioned how they felt like they were, they were failing their other children because they felt like um, they neglected their other children um, because they had to focus more attention on their child who was suffering from a mental health condition. So when I heard about their... When I heard this, it's like, um, and when I heard them share more about their experiences regarding this, it made me think about my own mom, because uh, when I, I used to like fight with her a lot about this topic, I used to like feel like um, I was being neglected. So when I heard about the other caregivers going through the same thing, it, it in a way it made me empathize more with my mom. It made me feel like I should have um, been more understanding. So I think my greatest takeaway is that I am now more like grateful for what my mom has done. And even and I, I do feel like I did misunderstand her. So I think for me, my greatest takeaway is just this like sense of gratefulness. And as it sounds very cheesy, but I, I really do agree with Emna. I think the fact that we could potentially impact like even just one caregiver, and I think that would really mean a lot, just helping these caregivers to um support their loved ones and also supporting these caregivers is very important as well. So I think uh yeah, that would be my greatest like hope with this campaign. I think for me, it's a bit similar to yours as well, especially with like what you mentioned about gratitude to your mom. Mm. I remember when we started this campaign, I talked to our supervisor, Miss Pei. Shout out to you. <laughs> um, yeah. she's also amazing and has been like really an integral, integral part of our campaign and our mm. team. And she's really showed us so much support. So we really appreciate her. Um. So anyway, I was talking to her, and I remember saying that like. It's funny now that I, you know, as a loved one, have completely uh, neglected my caregivers. I feel like, you know, like, it's exactly what you said. And I remember, I, like, we started this campaign and all. I, I just kind of, like, sat down with my parents and I was like, thank you. I actually said thank you. I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know whether I said this enough, but, like, thank you for caring for me when I couldn't care for myself. And um, they were so touched by that, you know, because, like, we don't say thank you enough as the youth, you know, because we just expect them to be there every time because they are always there for us. And we just, sometimes all they need is a little thank you to push push them a bit further. So yeah, that's what I, my biggest takeaway was like as a loved one, like what can I do better? Um, and honestly, with this campaign, like, yeah, as a put it great, like if if we can just impact even just one caregiver, although that will not do with that great for our report. If we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like realistically like you know I think yeah. I think what it is is that this campaign is so much bigger than just a project um, than a school project 
you know, I think we've all always been so fixated on grace, grace, but this campaign has given us the opportunity to, to really make a difference in a certain vulnerable group of, of society. And that's like something that I'll never forget that the fact that we are already impacting people, you know, just seeing the comments on like the video, the shares, and we're like, holy oh my God, like it's already happening. So yeah, I think that that is something that I hope that even after these three months, you know, like the legacy will live on of prepared to care. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. But yeah, we have a while more. We literally have the campaign will end in February. Um, but yes, once again, the virtual panel event is on 19th Feb. So if you want to join, please um, click on the link that I will be putting up soon on Instagram as well. Just look out for that. And yeah, I think that's it, right? For this episode. Not last thoughts, but I really, really just want to take maybe like a half a minute to really thank um, the different people that that really has been so amazing, like 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 Sage mentioned, you know, pay, who who replies even after office hours, no matter what time, what day, you know, working on a campaign, rushing out things. Sometimes we 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 send things over at midnight, you know, and she will still be there for us. Um, for IMH, you know, for being so understanding and being so supportive. Um, you know, we originally, you know, when when we we came into this, we were thinking, okay, we need IMH because they have the money, <laughs> they have the expertise. <laughs> Um, but wow, they, they have been so amazing because more than just the resources, they have um, really this insight and this heart to really um, make, make um, Singapore a better place for, for, for people who, who, who go through all these mental health difficulties and struggles. Uh, and CAL, you know, CAL is a, it's a non-profit organization and, and um, a lot of them have full-time jobs on top of their volunteering and yet you know they still take time out to share with us their experiences to help us with our our giving advice on social media with with the different things you know and and it's really not easy to juggle so many things and yet you know they are still putting so much effort and of course the caregivers that, that you know even took time out um, for uh, to allow us to interview them i know many campaigns they offer maybe like like some some reward for for inter, uh, for if you attend an interview they give you some cash reward or something or like a grab voucher or whatnot um but for our campaign you know we um because the limited budget right we didn't give any reward and yet you know there's still caregivers who step out um of their comfort zone to to go for this 45 minutes interview to get nothing in return um and and to share with us their stories and i just think like wow that's so amazing and i know it's not easy for, for them to share their difficulties, their insecurities, their concern. Um, but yet, you know, they, they really let their heart out and, 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 and be vulnerable in front of us um, to, to allow us to better understand the situation for this campaign. So I really just want to thank all these different groups of people. Yeah, and also obviously all the other um, organizations as well, like Our Better World, Care Corner, who, take, who took our calls, who's helped, like supporting us, you know, from the back end as well. Uh, yeah, we really appreciate every single person that, has been helping us so far and we hope that this campaign will be successful by the end of February so yeah I think that is a wrap on this episode thank you guys for coming on and sharing about the campaign it was very fun recounting like the past six months <laughs> which has been insane <laughs> that it's been six months but um, a few more months is literally just Feb March April. three months guys literally yeah. three months and we're done then we can worry about job hunting uh, okay before we start freaking out about that <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in and i'll see you all next monday bye bye bye, bye. bye. thank you